Welcome to Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno. You'll want to grab your Bible and follow along, verse by verse, with Pastor John. Through this gift of tongues, declaring the glory of God, His praise, His glory, His awesomeness, and its prayers and worship, I remember at Calvary Chapel Phelan when we had someone who spoke out in a tongue and then we were praying for someone to interpret and Gary was praying and all of a sudden his face changed and he got all nervous and he started shaking and then he wouldn't do anything. Then finally someone else came out and they interpreted the tongue and it talked about praising God and most beautiful prayers to God. And Gary ran up to me and said, John, that was real. That that interpretation was real. And I'm like, how do you know, Gary? Well, it came to me. I heard it, but I never experienced it. And I was so nervous and I was so shaking. I just couldn't do it. And so God gave it to someone else who would speak it out. I'm like, wow, that's awesome, Gary. It sounds like the Holy Spirit's still alive and well. And moving in his church. We have many in our church that have the gift of tongues. They use it as a private prayer language. They go into their closet, they pray, and they tell me, I get so built up and encouraged. And when I use my heavenly language, and, and just God just ministers to me so. I know it's alive and well. I see it all over the place, along with the many gifts of the Spirit. Communicating. To me, it's like the Tower of Babel in reverse. Do you remember they were going to build a tower to God and they were going to uh, not spread over the earth and humanity had gathered in one mighty place and God said, no, you're supposed to spread out. So he confounded their languages uh, their language, and from speaking all one language, the world was changed to multi-languages, and it caused them to move away from each other and left the Tower of Babel unbuilt because they couldn't communicate of how to construct it. And so you have God spreading the languages to multi-languages, and now it's like in reverse, God is giving languages to unify and bring people together into his church in Jerusalem, a reverse, speaking the mighty deeds of God. It is the Spirit's divine work. I believe we need to be open to the Holy Spirit of God, even when we don't understand, when it's outside of your box. You know, the Spirit colors outside the lines. But that can't be God. He never did it that way. I know, isn't it confusing? <laughs> I look at the ministry of Jesus, and Jesus goes hand in hand with the Holy Spirit. And, and one time, he's touching someone. He's praying over someone. He's speaking it out loud. One time, he's spitting in the mud and rubbing the mud in the blind man's eyes. And I'm like, Jesus, this is crazy. No, this is the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and he says, wash out the mud and you'll see. And one time Jesus says, you know, throw a hook in the water and you'll catch a fish and we'll pay our taxes. And I'm like, this is crazy. No, 
This is the Holy Spirit. And you see Jesus walking in the gifts of the Holy Spirit and experiencing the power and the miracles and the signs and the fishes and the loaves and walking on the storm. And the power of Christ is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Verse 12, And they continued in amazement and great perplexity, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others were mocking and saying, They are full of sweet wine. The Spirit can be powerful. It can be like getting drunk or being high. The Bible says, Do not be uh, filled with wine, uh, controlled with wine. Yes? but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Just like alcohol can control you, the Holy Spirit can control you. He can do great and awesome and marvelous things. Uh, they're mocking the work of the Holy Spirit. I have seen some people do crazy things and say it was the Holy Spirit, and my discernment was it wasn't. And then I've seen incredible supernatural things, and it was the power of the Holy Spirit. I remember at Calvary Chapel Downey, uh, Rick, who would come up hobbling with his cane, and he'd always come to the altar, and he'd pray for all those that were asking for healing and a touch from God, and he'd hobble up there. And, you know, in the past, he always came up to the altar for prayer for him. But this time was different. He came to pray for everybody else. And after he had prayed for them, he forgot his cane. He stood up completely healed, and he walked down the aisle, and he realized that he had been supernaturally healed. And I had missed the service, and I said, Rick, they told me you're healed, and I don't believe it. And he put his cane in the air. He's dancing around me in circles. And he said, I'm getting my license back. I'm getting a job again. We're filling out all the paperwork to take me off disability, and they don't know how to list a miracle in my paperwork. Uh, I have a new life. God has healed me. And it's bizarre that when he put his eyes on others and wanted God to heal others, that's when the Holy Spirit healed him. Go figure. Fulfill the Spirit's plan. The Holy Spirit's got a plan, and he wants you to join him. Now, many times I say, God bless my plans. Here's what I'm doing with my life, with the church, my ministry, my family. You know, join me. And the Holy Spirit says, that plan's a disaster. <laughs> follow my plan. Follow my scriptures. You know, follow the Son. Follow Christ. Abandon your plans and say, Holy Spirit, What's your plan for my life? Verse 14, But Peter, taking his stand with the eleven, raised his voice and declared to them, Men of Judea and all you who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give heed to my words. For these men are not drunk as you suppose, for it is only the third hour of the day or the third hour of daylight. Sun comes up at six, it's about nine o'clock. They're not drunk. But this is what was spoken of 
through the prophet Joel. And here he quotes, you see your verses, your words are italicized. Verse 17, it shall be in the last days, God says, that I will pour forth of my spirit on all mankind, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Peter, our Holy Spirit inspired preacher, he now has the Spirit upon him. And in his powerful sermon, he says, This is an end times event. I believe it is. In the end times, the Holy Spirit will do his work and his wonders and his gifts. Now, if Peter lived in the end times 2,000 years ago, I believe we live not in the last days, but in the last minutes or even the last seconds before the rapture of the church. And Joel says that the Holy Spirit gifts will happen in the last days in the end times. Now, I have men telling me, oh, when the Bible was written, God did away with the Holy Spirit gifts. That's not what my Bible says. My Bible says that the gifts are for the last days and for the end times. And we need God's power and wonders and miracles, just like they needed them then in the Bible. I need a healing from God. When I was dying in the hospital about a year and a half ago, my appendix had ruptured, the poison attacked my vital organs, and I was in screaming pain, and my doctor's like, you need emergency surgery, you're going to die. Complications going, septic, blockage, God, I need a touch from you. I need to be healed, and God healed me. I believe God can heal you. God can do a miracle for you. God can give you a word. I remember California had lost my job. I was depressed. I was unemployed almost a year. Lost my apartment, almost lost my car, lost my dignity, my self-worth. I went to this little Bible study. I didn't know anybody. And I'm like, God, am I ever going to get a job again? And this sweet girl I had never met before said, I have a word from God for you. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and she said, it's like the Holy Spirit, he whispered to me about you, and he said, this is for you, and it has to do with the job. And the Holy Spirit says that a job's going to come very soon. And he said, don't give up, don't be discouraged, the job is coming. And then she looked at me and she says, does that make any sense to you? <laughs> Absolutely. It was the word that God knew that I needed God can give you a word. He can give you a message. He can give you a, a dream, a vision. He could tell you your future. Just like he did in the Bible then, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Verse 18. Even on my bond slaves, both men and women, I will in those days pour forth of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. Equal opportunity spirit, male and female. God can use us all with his spiritual gifts. 
Do you see it? Verse 19. And I will grant wonders in the sky above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. God can give you a sign, a wonder, a miracle. Frankie had given up on life. It was his plan that night to commit suicide. He got in his little VW bug, and he was going to go to the veterinarian's office. He had the key to the drug cabinet, and he was going to OD on all these meds. And lo and behold, his little VW that never broke down broke. And he couldn't get the darn thing to go to the office to commit his plan of suicide. And he called me crying. And he says, no, it's the Holy Spirit. He won't let me kill myself. That's the way God is. He runs the show. He intervenes. He does a miracle, a sign. Sometimes it's little, a VW breaking down. Sometimes it's big. And you know it's him. Verse 20, the sun will be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord shall come, the second coming of Christ. I believe the Holy Spirit of God will do incredible signs and wonders and plagues and even punishments for seven years upon the globe before the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's end times. Verse 21, And it shall be that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Why has the Holy Spirit come? To save us, to convict us, to pull us to Christ. Jesus did the awesome work. He died on the cross for your sins. He paid the price. He took the punishment. He appeased God's wrath in your place. He rose from the dead. He ascended to heaven, but he didn't leave us alone. He gave us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes into every believer and he unites us to Christ and to the Father, to the Holy Trinity. We're connected. God is a part of me and I'm a part of him. And then the Holy Spirit connects us to each other. You know, they say blood is thicker than water, but the Holy Spirit is thicker than blood. And the Spirit unites us as brothers and sisters in Christ, and he makes us one body, the church. So Jesus went up, and he sent the Holy Spirit down. One of the symbols of Calvary Chapel is the little dove. Uh, on my vacation, I had someone said, yeah, Calvary Chapel, they have that evil dove evil dove what oh it's demonic you know they put it upside down no it's not upside down the holy spirit is coming down to earth he's facing down because he wants to come upon you the dove came upon jesus at his baptism yes the dove wants to come upon the church 
church and empower us. The dove wants to baptize you and cover you with his love and his fruit and his giftings. The Holy Spirit is gentle and soft like a dove. The Holy Spirit has a plan that we must fulfill. You know, I was so busy, I learned how on my vacation to do Uber. I'm not technological, (laughs) but I got my dumb smartphone to work and do the Uber and it saves you like 60% on a taxi fare. So that motivated me to learn Uber. So I do this Uber and I'm getting all these kind of lay people, they pick you up and drop you off and God kept sending these people to pick me up and this one guy we just talk and he says, you know, I go to a church and I've been studying the Bible. And I said, that's fantastic. Have you become a born-again Christian? And he goes, I don't even know what that is. I'm so new, and this is also new, and I've been reading my Bible like crazy. And I said, you need to read the book of John, chapter 3, the words of Jesus, become born again so that you get the Holy Spirit in you, so that you get saved, so you go to heaven. He goes, oh, that is so neat, and I've never heard that. No one's ever told me. And uh, we got to my destination. He says, I need to talk to you way more about the Bible and ask you way more questions. And I said, okay, turn off the meter, and I'll stay. <laughs> and so we talked like an hour. And I'm thinking, but I'm supposed to go to Disney World, and I'm supposed to go on the cruise. And, and the Holy Spirit's saying, no, you're supposed to be here. You're supposed to talk to him. This is a divine appointment. And I said, okay, Holy Spirit, I'll join your plan. I'll do what you've put together. And it's weird on my vacation, a lot of appointments and people that I was supposed to talk to and witness to and people to encourage. And I had to be willing to put the brakes on my plans and be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. What is the point of all this? To get Holy Spirit baptized to have the Holy Spirit in you and to fill you and to be upon you and to be all over you. It's like the commercial, the Nestle's tea plunge, is it? To plunge into the water, to be covered by God, to be immersed in him. Why be baptized in the Spirit? Because you get power. You get strength. You get to see the the hand of God. You know, I was thinking American culture and power, power, where do we have power? The comic books, uh, the movies, the superheroes, right? They're into power. And I was trying to think of the different sources of their power. And the Green Lantern has his ring that gives him power. Superman got his power from the planet he came from as an alien, very powerful in this world. A Spider-Man gets his power from a spider bite, go figure. And the Hulk gets his power from a chemical lab explosion. It all goes crazy. And of course, Iron Man gets his power from his iron suit made of millions of dollars in high technology. (laughs) They're powerful superheroes. But for the Christian, our power is real, not imaginary. 
Our power is not of this world. Our power is not in human strength and money and human innovation. Our power is from heaven. Our power is more greater than the might of men. And the church does not need to rely on the power of men. We need to desperately rely on the power of God. I see many Christians, they're like, well, I'm going to trust in men and what men say and what the counselors say and what men have written. Oh, no, Christian, trust in the power of the scripture. Trust in the power of the cross, the power of the blood, the power of the Holy Spirit, much more powerful than anything this world has to offer. Become open to the Holy Spirit. He is the third person of the Trinity. He is sovereign. He's omnipotent. He does as he wills. He doesn't need your permission. He's going to do his plan anyway. But he invites you to join him and to be a part of his work. I was reading one day in the scriptures the life of Jesus in the Gospels, and Jesus sensed the presence and the power of the Spirit, that the power was present to work, and then he went out and he did miracles and healings, and he healed everybody, because it was the moving of the Spirit, and Jesus was sensitive to him. Invite the Spirit of Christ into your heart. Allow him to fill you. How does the Holy Spirit fill us? We empty ourselves. God, forgive me. I wait upon you. I humble myself. I'm open. I'll do what you say. I'll accept the gifts you give me. I'll go where you send me. And when you empty yourself, then the Holy Spirit can fill you. And then when he calls you, when he gifts you, be obedient. And when you see a miracle, a healing, a wonder, a deliverance, a sign, uh, the hand of God, you give him the glory and you give him the credit. Because you try to take that credit, he might not give you another one. I've seen healings. I remember, uh, oh, I forget her name in the church. But she said, Pastor, you got to come in and pray right before the surgery. So she pulls me in. They got her on the table. They're ready to do this stuff. And the nurses come in. What are you doing? I said, well, we're going to pray. We'll do it quick. You could take her, you know, do the surgery. And they're mocking us and putting us down. And so, oh, yeah, God's going to heal her and all this. And so there's like two or three of us praying. Wheel her in. And the doctor's like, man, the lumps are gone. And what is going on? And... Let's look at everything again, and we got to call off the surgery. And she goes running around, and she's screaming, Jesus has healed me, Jesus has healed me, Jesus has healed me. And the nurses that were rolling their eyes and had been so rude to us, they're like, what? What is going on? And she says, Jesus healed me. The surgery got called off. <laughs> and it was a supernatural healing of God minutes before the surgery. Go figure the Holy Spirit. I give him the glory and the credit. Allow him to touch you, to fill you, to anoint you. 
And why does he do this? So that he can use you as a vessel. Now, if you don't want to pray, if you don't want to wait, if you don't want to be used, then you miss out. He gives you his power for a purpose, for his plan, and not your own. Receive his fruit, receive his gifts, and receive his power. Become powerful in the Spirit. Let's pray. Holy Spirit of God, we invite you today into your house. Fill this place. Touch us. Immerse us. Fill us. May we hear your voice and feel your touch and your pulling to Christ, to his cross. May we be your witnesses. May we be bold and strong and powerful, not in our might, but in your might. For we pray in Jesus' name. Thanks for supporting Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno, at 246 Courtney Lane, Reno, Nevada, 89523. Our phone number is 775-746-4567, and our webpage is calvaryreno.com. You're always welcome to join our services.